Heinz 57. We're going to be doing our Heinz 57 spotlight on all the varieties of Heinz delicious sauces. Is that right? Am I reading this wrong? Yeah. Oh. Right. Oh, so what were you going to say? I was going to say the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm Eric Mickles. Yeah. Given our surroundings, that makes more sense. I'm Nick Gunning. Yeah. Our surroundings. Yeah. Because we, we, we lack any sauces right now. Yeah, and we're in the David A. Howe Public Library. Yeah, your so. office has uh, a sad amount of sauce. Excuse me? Oh, sauce. Okay, yeah. well, I guess that's true. There's none. No, there's no sauce. I'm going to get off this topic because I got nowhere else to go with it. <laughs> so we're, we've got book news, author news, literary news. All sorts of I'm going to come up with a great catchphrase for this one of these now. days. Yeah, one of these books. <laughs> 50, what if, these 57 episodes. What if we did something like, about? take a look. It's in no, a book. No, I know. With all the books. I know why you're thinking that, but that's actually, that's in use. Take a look. Yeah, with some, all the books. Yeah. LeVar Burton would sue it's Eric you and so Nick. quickly. No. LeVar Burton would sue me? Yeah, he would. That'd be kind of cool, though. You, you know what, yeah. though? The disappointing thing would be, I would be going to court. Being super excited to meet yeah. LeVar Burton, and then he would just have like a representative show up. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. You're absolutely right. I would have settled happen. out of court if I had known. Well, today, aside from the nonsense and tomfoolery you've come to expect, we'll also <laughs> be discussing, Eric. Hold on. What? One time, I called up a pizza place yeah. and asked if they had any uh, walls, uh-huh. order for walls there, and they said no. And I said, so you don't have any walls there? And they said no. And I said, how is your ceiling standing up? And they're like, all right, who is this? And I said, Tom. And they're like, Tom who? I was like, Tom Foolery. And then I hung up. That's pretty great. And that was one of the best phone calls That's I've ever had. Stuff. That's good Go stuff. ahead. So what were that, you asking? That was some of the Tom Foolery that I was mentioning. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, today we're going to be discussing historical fiction because it's uh, History Week here in Allegheny County. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Oh, well, I gave you a chance. Then you told that Tom Foolery story. <laughs> it was, I was but worth I it. Yeah, I mean. No regrets. <laughs> you made the right decision, yeah. but oh, okay. I had to tell. It's History Week in Allegheny County. So we sure have is. events in the auditorium. Yeah. We have an exhibition room full of interesting things from around the county. So yeah. stop in. Yeah. David Howe Public Library is your one-stop shop about for history of this Historical county. fiction. Yeah. We're focusing on books that focus more on the story of yeah. history right. than yeah. the his part. Well said. <laughs> I guess I'll give you that. Sure. Okay. So what have you been reading? Let's, uh, let's turn to our bookmark segment. What haven't I been Talk reading? Talk a little bit about that. Let me tell Lots. you, uh, while we're talking about historical fiction, I watched All the Way last night. Have you heard of this? No, is it by all the books? No. Ah, new new um, HBO movie starring Brian Cranston as Lyndon Johnson. Oh, no. It's really good. Yeah. It was about Lyndon Johnson and Martin Luther King's civil rights bill and everything. Okay. We really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's good stuff. So I don't think we have that in our collection yet, but... Brian Cranston has come out on the record as saying he would like to play Mr. Sinister. Of really? The X-Men villain fame. Interesting. Yeah. He said he would want to play a villain and he would want to play a weird one. And the one he name dropped specifically was Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister. Well, he was a great LBJ, if that tells you anything. <laughs> he really, yeah. yeah good, Did you see any hints of uh, Nathaniel Essex in there? In hindsight? Yeah. Yeah. Was he constantly saying, like, the Summers, I need their bloodline? No, he didn't say anything like that. Nothing? No, he okay. was like, we have got to get this bill passed. Like that kind of oh stuff. yeah, that's a that's a big Mister Sinister. Mister Sinister yeah. says that as well. Yeah, anyway. especially when he's working with Apocalypse. So in conclusion, <laughs> I recommend the film all the way. All right, yeah. So let's talk about reading now. What are you reading? Sure. Uh, I got oh, you know what else I watched? <laughs> what Night Manager, based on the uh, John Le Carre novel. Okay. He, uh, Tom Hiddleston, Hugh Laurie. So that's a very uh, good medieval knight who nope. was transported nope. into the future, but now he's managing oh my a convenience gosh, store. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. that's, it's night, night Manager with a K. With a K. That's the important sure. part. Yeah. 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 No, it was like a spy story, yeah. and it was just it was really good. I've never okay. read John Le Carre before. I have also not seen Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Me either. But uh, Night Manager, six episode miniseries, also really good. Okay. So go I ahead. dub thee 
Night shift manager. leader. Okay. Right. Shift leader. Because he's the night manager. Yeah. He's knighting people. Oh, he's yeah. knighting people. Yeah. Okay. All right. I shall protect. All right. So you, I'll ask you what you want to read, and then I'll think of something else I've watched. I've also about. watched some stuff. Oh, okay. Well, heck, let's do it. Uh, mine are embarrassing, though. Oh. So I've been looking for some stuff to watch, yeah. and I couldn't come up with anything okay. to watch by myself. So I restarted watching uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know what, though? Wow. It goes down easy. It, it's like I put it on at night, and it's just like I don't even pay attention, no. but I'm entertained. It's terrible. I hate. Like, I hate myself. I hate like myself. Muzak. You just put that on. Yes. But okay. I, well, good for you. I don't want to take away from you if you're enjoying it. Now that I of, know we have in our collection, we've got that here. Marvel's Agents of Shield. Yeah. No. We don't. No. Never been requested. Really? Nobody wants it. Oh, I guess nobody just, would be watching it. I guess I've just put holds through. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Nobody cares. Well, we got all the other stuff. We got like Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, I uh, Gotham, <laughs> I Zombie. We got I Zombie, but not. But yeah, man. I just I put it on and it's just. It's stupid, but it's also entertaining. Wow! I think it's because hey, it's been on so for you. <laughs> it's been on for three seasons. Yeah, and so now I know what to expect. Yeah, now I know not Just to expect stupid. anything cool, yeah. except Ghost Rider's supposed to be on season four. Well, so well, if Ghost <laughs> but not, Rider's there. not Ghost Rider with the skull, the flaming skull and motorcycle. It's oh. the new Robert Robbie Ray's who drives like a car. Huh. So Ghost Rider's like nephew. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, I watched. I rewatched the Two Towers. Extended edition on Sunday, and this time it was all the oh, way boy. from beginning to end. Oh boy! You know what? You, that is a lot of walking with trees. You, you may you make jokes, but I put in the Lord of the Rings, yeah. and I can re- I'll put in other movies to rewatch. I'll put in new movies, and yeah. I still like reach for my phone every now and then because yeah. my attention span has gone like just yeah to the bottom of the ocean. But put in the Lord of the Rings, and I'm staring at the TV for four hours. That fascinates me. I I can't look that away. Fascinates me. The Two Towers has a 40-minute screensaver in the middle of it. No one notices. You're ridiculous. That's all it is. You're horrible. You're a horrible person. It's just I'm sure there are tons of people who agree with you, but I I can't not watch it. Well, I think that's great. Good for you. Even even the parts where I'm like, oh, this is kind of slow. And you know what? I like the end stuff. Good. Because the boring parts with the end is why the parts where... When the ants go on their last march, it's so exciting. Okay. Because you've just been waiting for them yeah. to do something. And then they're like, no, because the last There's march of the There's probably also a way that it could be exciting without the contrast of being boring. You're ridiculous. Sorry. You, you watch Columbo. Good for you. Yeah. Columbo. It's an American institution. The, you know, who would, watch, you know who would watch Columbo? What? The ants. Really? They'd all get together for an ant mute. And, uh, ant moot, I'm okay. sorry. And they would, and watch, they would Columbo. watch Columbo. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm happy to watch Columbo with them. <laughs> I just don't want to watch them carry two little dudes through the forest for three and a half they hours. They don't. They put the they put the hobbits down this is for ridiculous. their meeting. I can't. All right. I, I've been reading Calamity no. by Brandon Sanderson. Brando Sando. It's uh, the third book of okay. the Steelheart series. It's actually called the Reckoner series. Oh. I don't know why. Have you? Do you find that annoying when it's like, like I call the Cinder books yeah. the Cinder series, but they're called the Luna Chronicles. And now no, I call. I like when there's a series name. Really? Well, when you have like something like the Hunger Games or something, you call it the Hunger Games series just because right. it's the first book that came out. Right. You know, it would be nice if it had like a. If it was something else. Yeah, it had like a series yeah. title. Like you know, same with Twilight. Yeah. I mean, when you murder people, kids. When people are looking for Twilight, it's not like Twilight colon. You yeah. Know. I think it's nice when there's a series. All right. Well, so, anyway, I'm reading the third book of uh, the Reckoner series, which okay. started with Steelheart. Oh, the Steelheart series. So I'm yeah. probably going to finish it tonight or tomorrow. Hey, so I meant don't to, make promises you can't keep. That's true. I read 
the Doctor Strange, uh, The Way of the Weird. The new one. Comic, volume one. Yeah, it is oh. the newest one. Uh, it's his new series, Post Secret Wars. Not okay. that that means anything to most of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I was upset with. Okay. I gave it three stars. So hold on. This is a new Doctor, new Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange graphic novel, yeah. volume one. Yeah. Movie's coming out soon, so yeah. if you want to catch, this is volume one. Yeah. We got it here. Yeah. Go on. I love the art because it's Chris Pacello. Okay. I love his art, and it's great for Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, the volume is only five issues. Huh. Sure. Um, and it's, it ends on a cliffhanger. And that upset me because I was like, oh, that, the last issue is in the next volume for some reason. But then I looked up, and it's that the first story, uh, this, this opening story, is 10 issues long. So it makes sense then that you're going to cut it at five issues. And it's nice because I don't know how much uh, our listeners know, but early when trade paperbacks for comic books were getting big, both DC and Marvel were doing a big thing where their storylines had to be like six issues or 12 issues long so that they could be... Uh, formatted for trade paperback Mm -hmm. successfully and a lot of people didn't like that because you get stories that were too long or too short um so i was fine i'm like whatever it's it's gonna be 10 issues but we didn't pay this price but the hardcover retail price of this volume is 25 dollars. wow 25 dollars for a hardcover of five issues that's a lot either either you put the 10 issues together yeah and it's a 25 dollar paperback yeah or you know, it's yeah, a ten dollar no, trade. Would be more than the single issues. Yeah, like significantly more. Yeah, that, you're paying five dollars an issue. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me. You're you're paying the extra money for the hardcover yeah, thing. I guess. I don't like that. But yeah, I would. So, anyways, I gave it three stars mainly for the publishing. Okay, but the story so, was good. Yeah, I'm sure I would have liked it more if it was in the ten issues. Actually, okay. it was kind of nice to split. But Chris Pacella's art, I don't. I'm sorry. That's I'm reading right. uh, the Invisible Republic. What's that? Oh, oh, you read yeah. that? Yeah, the Hugo winner. Yeah. Or did, did it win? It was, it was on it the list. Win. Yeah. I don't remember Nominated. what won. Nominated. Do you? No, I don't. For graphic <laughs> novel? I don't remember. Okay. We can go back and check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have Roger do that. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll no, Roger, Roger, I was kidding. We're not going to have you do anything. <laughs> he and I aren't speaking, so yeah. I, can't. I can't. All right. I All guess right, that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't do that. Obviously, Two Towers took up uh, four whole days oh, of my sure. life. Oh, so. yeah. And Marvel's well, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Time, Actually, time you know what else I watched? I watched the first episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Oh. I've just been, I've been looking for anything to watch, man. Yeah. I got seems nothing. Like it. Everything, but everything's coming back. Okay. So. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was the, that was boring. No, it's I just okay, bogarted man. the mic horribly. No, no. You go, man. You're I'm going to give fine. you some time. Okay. Uh, well, this is me giving over the, me all this time. <laughs> over the weekend, time September 16th to be specific. To well, I'm about to say something sad, so you might want to. Oh. All right. Uh, <laughs> September 16th, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Edward Albee died. So I don't know if you're familiar with any of his plays. Uh, he won the Pulitzer Prize. He won the Tony Award for several plays. Uh, most famous stuff, probably Zoo Story, Sandbox, and most of all, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Have mm. you read him before? Have you read any of his stuff? No, you haven't. Okay, I had like I'd read bits of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and I've Wolf, and I've read. Um, did you say Wolf? I did say Wolf. Yeah, and I read <laughs> that's a children's series. I read uh, Zoo Who's Story, of and I, I enjoyed them. But anyway, on the sixteenth, when I heard that, I grabbed my copy of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and I just sat down and like read it cover to cover. Good job. Start to to end. Yeah. I gotta tell you, that is an intense show. Yeah. Do you know what it's about? Isn't it about abuse? Well, sort. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a husband and wife who like work at a college, her dad's the professor, and they have like a junior faculty member over. And they just continue to have this horrible, horrible fight. And it just like, they tear everyone down. It just kind of ruins these four lives over the course of this play. And it's just, I don't know, it's well written. It's it's just intense. I think like, 
it would be really a, an exciting challenge to direct a stage version of this. And I think being in it would be horrible. Well, yeah, but also just like, I mean, it kind of similar to how I felt about something like Glass Menagerie, where it's just so raw Ugh. that you really have to, I don't enjoy you have that. to tap in and like, well, I mean, enjoy is probably a strong word, but it's like oh. an experience. So no. I really, it was, a, it was, it's worth reading. So if you haven't read Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, I'd sit down and read it. I felt it like crap after like reading uh, uh, Streetcar. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, you're right. So you're right. that's another one. So anyway, that, that was a little something. So uh, we have quite a few of his Thanks plays in this collection. Down. Yeah. So if you're curious about uh, Edward Albee and want to check out How his plays, we've got quite a few. 88. Wow. Born in 1928. Uh, so here's, here's some stuff that's less deep than that. Uh, Step on a Crack by James Patterson and Michael Ledwich. Don't do that, yeah. I got a bone to pick with yeah. uh, Mr. James Patterson. Yeah, okay. he broke your mother's back. Now, as you recall from last episode, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I got Step stupid. on a Crack as a special... Like, I bought a bookshot, and I got this one. Uh -huh. So I'm reading it, and while I was reading it, I thought, this is going fast. This seems kind of like... But I'd never read this series before. Uh -huh. So I was like, they're not giving us a lot of depth here, but it, okay, it's fast-paced. I got to the end and realized it's an abridgment of Step on a Crack put out as a bookshot. So now he's taking <sighs> novels that he and somebody else have already written and abridging them and putting them out as bookshots. Look, I was like, my poor wife, I talked about this so much because I'd wanted to read this series, yeah. and I wasted my time reading yeah. this stupid abridged bookshot yeah. version of yeah. Step on a Crack. So I'm not one to be Ugh. like, uh, oh, society's falling apart because we use adult coloring books now, but yeah. like, you have to wonder about like... It's a, not a bad example. You have to wonder about like, these bookshots, yeah. are they bad yeah. for us? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Short stories and that sort of thing have been Listeners, around forever. Listeners, if any of you have read a bookshot and feel like you're better for it, or this is exactly what you wanted, let us know. I want to hear, like, pro bookshot stories. Okay. Well, I'll give you one. All right. I think, that the, <laughs> I think that the bookshots are sort of like... No, I guess this is not a pro. But I think they're sort of like a, a modern equivalent of... I mean, it used to be, you know, magazines like, you know, Playboy and other things were really famous for running short stories. Yeah. And, you know, long... Like Spoken from of, experience! Wow! A, a lot of the James Bond short stories that yeah. we have, like the, even some of the movies are based uh -huh. off of, were originally in Playboy. I know. Spoken from experience! Wow! Jack Finney, too, my favorite, a lot of them. But anyway... A lot, this, a lot of Jack Finney in what? In Playboy. From experience! <laughs> yeah, I was reading... Playboy in 1964. <laughs> wow. Right. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is this. It's always been a thing that these like short, intense little yeah. stories were out there, and now bookshots are just sort of putting them out there individually, yeah. but they don't have the depth of some of those earlier short You're stories. You're right. So uh, The sci-fi world still does this. They still print out whole magazines that have the yeah. short stories yeah. in them, and people still pick yeah, them up well, and read them. Yeah, well, you get like Ellery Queen magazine. I Alfred think the Hitchcock difference is magazine, those continue. you take like somebody who does a short story, they don't have the means and the money yeah. to print millions of copies of their short oh, stories. Right. But Patterson, he just like... Yeah, he, he could, he he could throws print away. millions of copies yeah. on millions of dollars yeah. and yeah. not even feel it. Yeah, each That's book has about it's $5 of uh, You look at those money. things that it's like... Yeah. Kind of new people breaking into that yeah. and, and adding some Or this is kind of like, well, I got this 160-page draft. Let's toss it in a bookshot. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Who, who do you think, if, if this like stays popular, yeah. if it keeps going and shows nice, no signs of slowing, like who, what author do you think is next to jump on the bookshot? Cussler. Kind of? Cussler, you think I so? I do, yeah. 
because huh. I think that his his style of books, especially I mean the current style of custom right. books, I think would lend themselves so really like well small to it. episodic adventures, yeah. not whole books. Yeah. Just like this was my time. I was in India for right. two days. Exactly. Huh. All right. Yeah. A little like. Do you think Crichton would have? I don't think Crichton would have no, jumped no, on no. it. I don't. I think he's too deep. What about I like, think like Grisham? Do you think Grisham would ever mm, go on that? No, Grisham's moved to doing some like. Um, like digital only short stories that mm-hmm. like supplement like rogue lawyer has several right. baldacci is doing the same thing right is he i thought I so know. maybe i'm wrong or maybe i'm know. thinking of cj box i think it just depends on the style i wouldn't expect okay. that from cj box but maybe well, someone Ava- like ivanovich like janet ivanovich exactly yes. where like the whole point is this yeah. is just fun no. and fluffy and hilarious no. so like why not just churn them out mm-hmm. i mean it's really it's like the difference between a great movie and like a sitcom mm. you know yeah but as I told you, it seems like our audience here at the library, our patrons, don't love sitcoms so much. True. Unless it's the Big but Bang Theory. <laughs> Bookshots have been popular. Hmm. So, what are I they? Don't know. Yeah. They just it's live to confuse to us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a real problem with, with bookshots, but I guess it just seems like. I don't know. They could be better. I mean, yeah. if you're going to really you know the explore thing is, this short You're form, only reading one bookshot. Yeah. If they're anything like, uh, like uh, tequila shots, yeah. you need to hit. Do like three of them Several. in one go, yeah, yeah three or four one. in one go. Well, luckily, and you need to like suck on a lemon after each yeah. after each bookshop. Well, if it's three you need, you can just wait till they're collected in hardcover <laughs> because that is happening. Yep. Then you're calling up ex-girlfriends, hiders are at a bookshop. I gotta I'm tell so you, sorry. I started this discussion not feeling that bad about bookshots, and now I kind of do feel bad about sorry, bookshots. Man. You sort of pointed out that it's maybe not a great thing. Hey, man, there's some great sitcoms. You just told me to watch the Dick Van Dyke show, but I also feel like you know reading is important. Even yeah. if it's not, even if you're not gonna sit down and read like the great classic novel, uh, I think novel reading art. is. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm saying reading of any yeah, kind. I think it has value and it yeah. gets you something. You yeah. know, the articles in Playboy. Anyway, uh, let let me continue on talking about things that don't have a lot of substance. <laughs> okay, uh, I finished Star Trek Volume Six the from our graphic comic? novel collection. Yeah. yeah, this one's set right after the movie Into Darkness, so yeah, it wasn't great. All right. Uh, oh, I read Jughead. The new, uh, the new Archie the new comic YA Jughead, yeah. Jughead. I didn't love it. Okay. I loved Archie. Jughead yeah. was a little too, like, it was it was wacky and very stylized, and mm-hmm. it stayed really true to itself. Uh-huh. And I think if you liked that, it would work for yeah. you. But I, it wasn't, I didn't like it so much. Okay. Um, Spidey. We talked about this a little bit. I picked up the first volume of a new ongoing graphic series called Spidey, uh-huh. which is just, like, set in, like, a modern setting. And I loved it. I thought it was super good. Okay. Uh, man, I feel like that's older. No, it's new. It is new. They had it's done that ongoing. before. Then it was in oh, the yeah. digest forms. Yeah. Also, they call that Ultimate Spider-Man, Nick. Yeah. You're about ten years. No, longer than ten yeah, years. Man, longer. I'm old. Here's here's a couple that you might be interested. In. I read Huck. By Mark. Yeah, Wade. I saw you put this on your Goodreads, but yeah. is this Marvel? I don't think so. Because you had said like it's a cross between Hulk and Wolverine, and I was like, what is he talking about? Well, that's just like I, I said, Hulk, Wolverine, and Forrest Gump. Yeah, I didn't understand. I don't understand that. That's just what the character is. Like he's this he's this tracker who's super strong who acts like Forrest Gump. So Hulk, <laughs> Wolverine, Forrest Gump. Okay, that, I mean that's exactly what it felt yeah. like to me. All right, but you know you wanted to read that, right? I forgot it exists. Oh. That's Mark Millar, right? Yeah, yeah. I knew at one point I had heard about it. Completely forgot about it. Okay. So well, we is that in our collection? Yeah. You got that? You got it. I got it. Yeah. From Publishers Weekly. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember circling that yeah, now. Yeah, you did. Crazy. All right, let's so check it out. We have that in our collection. Finally, I read a, a new graphic come out that 
It's called. <laughs> I don't know what I said. A new graphic that recently has come out called Indie by I, I, N-D-E-H, by Ethan Hawke. But you, this is the second. It's Ethan accidental. Hawk book you've it's read. It's accidental. That's actually not. I think you're following his literary career now. Maybe, <laughs> but this was good. It was about the Apache Wars. So I mean, it actually. Is Ethan Hawke, like, is he like part Native American? No, no. He's in the. Where the, does he get off? I know the afterward addresses that. Actually. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, this is this is about the Apache Wars. Uh, it's a it's a graphic. It's a nice hardcover graphic novel, mm-hmm. and I'm I don't know. It really I I thought it was good. Okay. It, it sucked me in, and it made me... I don't know a lot about that, you know? Like, I've always been kind of a history buff, but I, the Apache Wars is not a thing that I know about. You know, Geronimo mm. and all that. Yeah, I don't uh, think I know too much about them. So, uh, by that, I mean it anything. was good. It was good, but okay. I, I think really more than that, it made me really interested in that area mm. of, of history. So Save this for that, later? So. I know, yeah, I guess if it's in historical fiction. I'll stop it there. Currently reading Girl on the Train, and I gotta say, I'm kind of loving it. Nice. It's fast. Yeah. It's quick. It's yeah. it's. I get the comparison to Gone Girl, like uh-huh. the, the yeah. shifting perspectives and things. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that there. But I'm enjoying that. Or reading that for the the book club, which is coming up uh, the seventh, I believe. So I've you know, been got a little ways on that. No, I thought I was gonna make a joke, but then I realized it kind of sounded filthy. Oh, so I'll save it for later. Well, okay, I'll text it to you. Uh, well, while I'm mentioning book clubs, let me just tell you we're currently reading Girl on the Train. Sure are. Uh, that's gonna be done October seventh, and then yep. when we finish that, we're gonna grab our Halloween book, which I know Eric's excited about. Dean Koontz, Frankenstein. I've never read it before. Volume one. Uh, other book club, we're just wrapping um, Love May Fail by Matthew Quick, which yeah. I also finished and you hated. Didn't, yeah, you hated so, it. We'll dig into that. Uh, next, because Alexander McCall Smith, as you might recall, is coming here on October 20th, our next book for the contemporary classics is going to be Emma, Emma by Alexander McCall Smith. Now, is this the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow film? Actually. It is? Yeah. It's, oh. a, it's a... It's a retelling it's, yeah it's a retelling of emma and it's part of this like jane austen thing where they right. where different authors have taken four of her like biggest yeah. books and have redone them so and this then, is alexander mccall smith's entry in that and it's a it's a redo of emma so i'm interested to read that there's been some interest in that book we have a copy of it so i thought it'd be a good one for the book club cool so if you're looking forward to the mccall smith visit and you want to read one more thing join us who isn't if you've never read mccall smith and you want to read something before he comes Join us. Who doesn't? It's fun. Our book clubs are very fun. They're laid back. They're not they're not super structured. We just sort of sit down and we're just like, oh, what'd you think? And the conversation always takes us in weird, unexpected uh, places. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's laid back. So if you've never been to a book club and you want to come, this is the one to come to because we're all yeah. relaxed. Who wouldn't? Chilled. So anyway, that's it for me. Girl on the Train. I got some other stuff that I'm right. waiting to read, but that's that's. What hey, uh, I sent you a text. Really? Yeah, your phone's right there. Hold on. Tell me, me tell me if it's uh, if let that's me, a joke I can make on air. Uh, no, I don't think so. Darn it! Yeah. All right. Yeah, I get it's it. It's pretty funny. Though. It is funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that, you know, Listeners, little, you you missed out. That, it's a you'll little, have to. We'll tell that joke color. on our uh, other podcast. All no. the books after dark. Oh wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna get into historical fiction, but first we gotta tell no, you what's coming up new. On yeah, the... we're getting on book news. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't want. <laughs> what's coming up new? Uh, <laughs> and book news. So we're moving on to our book news segment. Okay. So, um, Eric, yeah, would you oh, like man. me to go first? Yeah. Okay. But I also had a great sitcom idea for you, but I can't remember what it was called. You can workshop it while you're no, about it. it was so good, and I wanted to bring it up during book news. Bernard Cornwell. All right, so Bernard what? Cornwell Did fans. You... <laughs> Uh, November 29th, we've got a, we got a new one in his Flame Bearer. Oh, sorry, Flame Bearer is the title. This is number ten in his series of Saxon stories. Uh, so, what? 
Saxon stories. Flame Bearer by Bernard Cornwell. Britain is at an uneasy peace. After their bloody defeat of Danish-led East Anglia, the West Saxons stand victorious, while the Merkins have taken back their land on the border of Northumbria, the last kingdom of Britain still ruled by the pagan Northmen. A precious truce exists between England's Mercia and Northumbria, now ruled by Uthred of Bedenburg's son-in-law, Sigtrigger. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to have that many consonants together. I've never read Bernard Cornwell, time. so I can't tell you if this is exciting or yeah. not. But I can tell you that he's popular. Okay. If you're already a fan, jump in here with stories number 10. We have a okay. lot of uh, Cornwell in the connection. Hey. Hey. I'm oh. ready. Oh my gosh! I'm ready whenever yes, you are. No, no, no! Inspiration. Right. It, was, it wasn't a sitcom. Okay. It was a. Uh, it was a young adult book. Okay. I'm just gonna workshop it real quick you're, with you're you. An expert, ready? So yeah, let's do it. Okay. It's about a girl. Yeah. Her name is Autumn. Okay. She's starting school. Right. At a uh, at a new school. It's her yeah. senior year. Checks out. Classic. What? It doesn't matter what year. Maybe oh, junior year. Doesn't matter. Junior. Okay. Right. Well, then you can have two books set in high school. Yeah. All right. Junior year. Yeah. New school. Yeah. She she's moving in with her she's she's moving in with her dad. Okay. Her dad has a new girlfriend. Oh. All things are new. Living girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, okay. She well. has to make friends. Okay. And everything. All right. Okay. We call it first days of autumn, because she's discovering herself as well. But it's just it's just like a coming of age story. Yeah. So it doesn't have like a hook really. Well, autumn's fun. She's she's a cool character. Okay. So just, all I had was the title. So it's just about a girl moving into a new town with her dad. Yeah. And his trashy girlfriend. <laughs> she might not be trashy. Well, we're workshop. What the heck? We're workshop. No way. Oh, so she's like nice. Yeah. Mom dead. Mom alive. Mom's alive. Mom's alive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she's just. Well, mom. Maybe mom has met somebody, but she's gonna be moving around a lot, wow. and the daughter doesn't want to do that. Man, but these, she also doesn't want to move in with the dad. These parents need to prioritize their kid. Well, you know, it's today. You know, they're both like, "Whoa, I gotta work on me." Wow. So, this is like a whole new life for us. This is like yeah. a. First days of autumn. Yeah. Really, I just wanted to say the first days of autumn. Okay. That was the title. All right. I was looking at my calendar well, and saw that the first day of autumn was coming on, and then I was like, wait a second. I think in coming to me, you knew that I would give you um, an honest response to yeah. that. Tell uh, me the cover doesn't the, look great. The though. title is magical. Yes. The cover, I think, could really sell it. Yep. The plot is a little thin. Oh, we'll figure it's something out. It's like saying, out. I got this new story. It's about a boy who meets a girl. All right. It well, needs more. The, it needs then the more. boy... He has to be no, like... there's no boy. There's no boy. We're talking about Autumn. Right. So she's going to meet a boy now? Yeah. I don't... I guess I just don't think... <laughs> I don't think that you're ready. I, I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to share it, but I think you have some work to do on your own, mm. and then you can bring back... <laughs> okay. and we can We can bookshot it together. It'll be fine. All right. So... He meets a boy. He's blind. Okay. Huh? Yeah. Boy works on a farm. So he, he shows her how, okay. how nice it is also to work on a farm. Right. And that's, I mean, it's probably and har- harvest time. Harvest time yeah. because it's autumn. Yeah. That's good. There we go. Yeah. But he's blind, but he still works on I the like farm. I he like can do it. anything else mm-hmm. that anyone else can. It yeah. doesn't matter. Is, being blind isn't a handicap for him. If anything, it's a benefit. Yeah. So. Well, it's a little better now. All right. Yeah. Come on. We'll revisit this in the future. Uh, all right. Uh, sticking with Cornwell's, we'll talk about our old pal Patricia His Cornwell. name is Matt. No. Matty. No. Craig. No. Oh, boy. I'm bad with guy names. Alex. I think it has to be... I think probably it would help if it was also a thing that was another thing, not a name. Oh, You know what I mean? Like like Hunter. Autumn and Hunter. (gasps) Yes! I love it! Good. Uh, Kay Scarpetta returns in Patricia Cornwell's new novel, Chaos. Uh, So this is book 24 (laughs) in the Kay Scarpetta series. I haven't read these. My wife has read them. She enjoyed the ones she read. So, you know, case whatever. Yeah, Coming out uh, November 15th. 
which is just three days shy of my 10th wedding anniversary. Eric, oh. please. Yeah. Eric, please. Oh, no. No, no. Uh, number one New York Times bestselling author Patricia Cornwell returns with a remarkable 24th thriller in her popular high-stakes series Ooh, starring boy. medical examiner Dr. K. Scarpetta. <laughs> in the quiet of twilight on an early autumn day, 26-year-old Eliza Vandersteel is killed while riding her bicycle along the Charles River. River. <laughs> it appears she was struck oh, by lightning, river. except the weather is perfectly clear and not a cloud in sight. Dr. K. Scarpetta, a Cambridge Forensic Center's director and chief, decides at the scene that this is no accidental act of God. Accidental act of God? Yeah. God's just up there like, oops, my way. bad, sorry. Heads up. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, okay. You know what they say, no. just an accidental that, act of that God. Was, that was it. Carrying too much at one time. Put okay. something down, yeah. haste makes waste. Yeah. Forgot to put that in the Bible. Uh, hey, we <laughs> talked about this guy earlier, so he's back. Clive Cussler. Yeah. Uh, back with book 24 in of the long-running Dirk Pitt series. Ah, oh, Dirk Pitt. Dirk Pitt. Yeah. This is played co- by Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. This is co-written with Dirk Cussler, <laughs> uh, son of Clive Cussler. Yeah. Uh, the cover of this one, closer. We've been disappointed with the last. Yeah, couple. because the other ones haven't been like adventures. No, been, this, like, is, this got, is a racetrack yeah. where no car is exploding. We got stormy skies. Uh-huh. We got a, a twin-engine propeller plane <laughs> struck by lightning uh-huh. on fire, yeah. crashing into the rushing waves. I like it. So I could use maybe like you need like uh, one other crazy. I think thing like some floating mines mm-hmm. would help. Or I mean, if there was just washed on the plane, yeah. I think that would go a long way. Maybe but. like a, a hidden frozen temple. Yeah, like that's been locked in an iceberg. Yeah, or like a shark, or yes. like a school of sharks. Yeah, is it a school? What do you call? I it? don't think a gaggle, a murder. That's crows. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, a desperate attempt in 1917 to preserve the. Hey, it's historical fiction. What do you know? Uh, a desperate attempt in 1917 to preserve the wealth and power of the Romanov Empire. A Cold War bomber lost with a deadly cargo. Mysterious deaths on the Black Sea linked to modern-day smuggle smugglers of nuclear <laughs> materials. Now, that has a period, but that was not a sentence. <laughs> New from right. Clive Cussler coming out the 15th of November. Yeah. We're moving Holy over. Oh, 15th what? of November. What? If I put in song, our listeners will remember. Oh, like, okay. what is that Cussler book coming out? Oh, 15th of November. Yeah. Uh, large print. So these are large print books coming to us in December. Mm-hmm. So you've got some time, my, my large print minions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't seem like that. Oh, yeah, there it is. Alabama Irish. Sure. By James Russell Lingerfelt. Mm-hmm. Brian was raised on, quote, the wrong side of the tracks in inner city Alabama. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Inner city Alabama? Mm-hmm. Maybe. All right. I haven't been to Alabama. Not really a city. But. Now at 19, <laughs> with a troubled past and juvenile record, Brian struggles to earn a living and find a, a life purpose. When he journeys to New York on a chance trip, Brian meets and falls in love with Shannon, a bright-eyed aspiring actress from California. Brian returns to Alabama, stirred by Shannon's courage and passion for life. With a new zest and reason for living, Brian is... <laughs> Just new zest. Brian is determined to turn himself into a man worthy of her love. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. Brian's trying to better himself. Yeah. And I say good for you, Brian. Good for you, Bri Bri. Okay, ooh, here we go. Johnny D. Boggs. You're a Johnny D. Boggs. You're, you're an old, you go back way with the Johnny D. Boggs yeah. book, right? Yeah. I go Boggs for Boggs. Yeah, junior high, <laughs> head under the covers of flashlight. Go to bed, Eric. Okay, Mom. Yeah. You're under there. Just gotta, you gotta just pound out these last few chapters of the Johnny Boggs latest. Yeah. Anyway, this one is called Hard Way Out of... Want to guess? Hard Boggs. Way Out of... No. Oh. Hard Way Out of... Marriage. 
Oh, <laughs> just kidding. No, I don't know. Oh, boy. <laughs> Take my wife, please. Okay. Okay, Johnny Boggs. X guess the square. Hard way out of <laughs> Hard way out of hell. <laughs> That was a great reference. (laughs) Thank you for that. In 1913, on the 50th anniversary of the Lawrence, Kansas Massacre. Hey, I've been to Lawrence, Kansas. During the massacre? No. Oh. No, about 10 years ago. (laughs) For what? I went to a great sub shop. My friend Jesse lives in Lawrence. Did you say it was a sub massacre? No. It was delicious. (laughs) But it was my only time in Kansas, and we were watching a movie, and we had to leave because there was a tornado warning. (laughs) That's hilarious. So I was swept away. Oh, that's not hilarious. I was swept away to Oz. Yeah. And? It was fine. Yeah. How's the economy work there? Uh, it's weird. It's okay. All, it's plant and brick base. It's very good. This <laughs> is strange. Uh, shoe, uh, shoe heavy. Uh, a shoe heavy economy. system. Yeah. Right. In 1913, on the 50th anniversary of the Lawrence, Kansas massacre, former bushwhacker Cole Younger stands before a preacher at a tent revival. I was, I remain, and I will always be a wicked man, Younger states, taking a step towards salvation. For a man like Cole Younger, there is much to confess. Mm-hmm. Well, good for him. Trying to get his life together, I think. I champion that. Uh, so what do you got coming out? These are these are long down the road. So I need to know what's coming out right now. Okay. I need to first, run to my local store. What if Autumn wants to become a veterinarian? Okay. And that's her thing. And so maybe that's what also attracts her to the farm. Okay. Maybe maybe she doesn't meet Hunter in school necessarily. Like she sees him in okay. school, but she does like a, an internship okay. at the farm because they have animals, like a four C's program. All right. Let, let, me, let me offer a suggestion. Okay. Okay. She lives with the mom. Okay. She lives with the mom? She lives with the mom, but she comes to stay with her dad and his girlfriend every autumn. Okay. Okay. While she's there, yeah. she meets Hunter. blind farmer <laughs> named Hunter. <laughs> sure. Who's, Hunter's a farmer with his parents and, and everybody else. his yeah. mother uh-huh. is a veterinarian. Okay. And she takes an interest in autumn, and yeah. that's, that's where it all comes. So every year she comes back. Yeah. First day of autumn, yeah. she's yeah. back. Yeah. Learning about What veterinary. if this was the first year Hunter was in this school? Like he's, he's, so he's, he's new also too. new too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Should the school also be called Autumn? Like Autumn Springs <laughs> no. Elementary? Okay. <laughs> no. All right. I don't know. So she's going to Autumn Springs in the autumn. Yeah. And her name and is her Autumn. Her name is Autumn. Yeah, it's like a triple threat. <laughs> that, that's, that's too much. That's, that's what in the sports world you'd call a hat trick. Oh, okay. In the bowling world, you call it a turkey. Really? And actually, I would probably review that book as a turkey. So. <laughs> okay. We'll keep how, how would you thin a turkey herd? Well, I'd have to ask my good friend Jimmy McCullough there. <laughs> All right, so you want to know what's coming out uh, September twentieth, two thousand sixteen. This is uh, book news. Okay. All right. We got a lot. Oh, publishers are back. I'm excited. They're back on their game. Okay. Let's get some of the. Let's get the uh, nonfiction out of the way. Okay. Hold on. Well, my. Uh, I don't think I like your tone at all. My browser has frozen. That's exciting. So, all right, we'll just wait. Well, we won't wait. I can tell. Oh, here it is. Uh, Atlas obscura an explorer's mm. guide to the world's hidden wonders well if there's a guide yeah you have to wonder are these how, how really they yeah are? yeah well maybe he just barely got out to, to <laughs> okay it. yeah um here's something i normally we don't talk about like art books too much okay but this is one i can't believe it's only coming out now i can't the, believe it's not butter the art of the iron giant the movie weird you would have thought this book came out 30 years ago i would have thought it didn't come out at all really yeah do you have you never seen the iron giant i haven't holy crap sorry you have to see the iron giant man I will, it's I will. great still you, you love it an art book about the iron giant like 
how many years later? That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. But I mean, 1999. That's when the movie. I came have out. one. I'm. I'm. Uh, have one here. I wanted to mention too. Coming out soon. The art of Rockadoodle. <laughs> it's uh, the classic Don <laughs> Bluth uh, take on the yeah. Chanticleer story. It's an art book. Okay. That, so. uh, you need to watch the Iron Giant. Okay. It's disgusting that you haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's. I think this is the last nonfiction I have, based on a true story, a memoir, by Norm Macdonald. Oh boy. Yeah. The reviews have not been kind, Ooh. can I tell you? Yeah. They've been very bad. Really? Wild, yeah. dangerous, and flat-out unbelievable. Here's the incredible memoir of the actor, Gambler. Gambler? Rap? Yeah, I guess. SNL veteran and one of the best stand-up comedians of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, really? You've read reviews for this Norm Macdonald thing? Yeah. It's, it's been in a couple of the trades. Mm. Not good. His star burnt too bright, too fast. Yeah. That was his problem. Yeah, uh, mm, among other problems, Yeah. <laughs> It was great on SNL, I'll give him that. I loved his weekend update. Well, that's rough. So Yeah. That's too- oh, here's one, here's another one. Hero of the Empire, the Boer War, a daring escape in the making of Winston Churchill. Hmm. Now, this is uh, about the writers group that came together and created the uh, lore of uh, Winston Churchill, the character yeah. from uh, mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh. I know... No, you're wrong. Really? Yeah. Oh. Real guy. I don't know anything about Winston Churchill. He's a real guy. Well, at 24, he was utterly convinced it was his destiny to become Prime Minister of England one day. Well. Yeah. Talk about... Like Babe Ruth calling a shot. Yeah. Or putting a curse on the Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, was that... <laughs> Take that, Babe was... Ruth. <laughs> okay. Ruth. Here's some uh, adult fiction. Ooh. So... My favorite kind. Yeah. Not found in your favorite magazine, I guess, in the 60s. <laughs> I haven't said <laughs> So... Uh, the Kept Woman... A novel oh. by Karen Slaughter. Ugh. You don't like Karen I, Slaughter. I've only read one Karen Slaughter book, but I hated mm-hmm. it. Husband and so wives, much. mothers and daughters, Flames the past and the future. On the side of my face. Secrets bind them, and secrets can destroy them. Secrets are... One ring can rule them. Oh, I get it. And I in the darkness, bind yeah. them. Anyway. In the darkness. Yeah, darkness. Okay. Uh, so you don't like Karen Slaughter, but she's well, still, like, she's a big name. She is a big name. I didn't like, I think all the pretty girls it was called. I didn't like that at all. Okay. Pretty girls, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the Undoing of St. Sylvanus oh. by Beth Moore. Dr. Sylvanus? Sure. From... Count Sylvanus. Oh, that's better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. it's an exciting fiction. Beth Moore? Yeah. Only God knew why Jillian Slater agreed to return to New Orleans on the news that her father had finally drunk himself to death. Daughter of A.C. Slater from Saved by the Bell? Maybe. Okay. Would that make sense? I was, that... I'd be more likely to read it. Let's just <laughs> okay. That. Uh, do you, have you ever read Beth Moore? No. Okay. I didn't know she wrote fiction. Oh. What did she write? I, I thought she wrote, like, inspirational... Oh, you're right. I right? got you. Is that who I'm thinking of? I thought that was Beth Moore. Yeah. You double-check that fact while I, I tell will. you that uh, we got a book called Home by Harlan Coben coming out. Oh, probably not uh no this is actually this is a different beth moore oh good for her yeah there's the woman who writes the insp- well is it yeah. i'm so confused yeah no 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 this what? is what i'm thinking of yes what? beth moore <laughs> has written many best-selling books and is a dynamic teacher and yeah. prolific bible study author yeah so yeah, she's her. the one who's like the power okay. of you right okay be the best thinker of yourself yeah. that you can think today yes okay well yeah. now we solve that mystery dreams yeah. of the wishes your heart makes mm-hmm. all right uh, when you're fast asleep. Harlan Coben, what did you say about this? I said, oh, it... I was asking if it was a Mickey Baltar. Myron uh, Baltar. No. Oh, Myron Baltar, yeah. Myron okay. Baltar oh. and his friend Wynn believe they have located one of the boys, now a teenager. Yeah. I've Where has he read... been for 10 years? I've liked some Harlan Coben, but I, mm-hmm. the only Baltar book I read I really didn't like. So. Did you say 
Now I can't even, I can't remember the the guy from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Now now all I can think of is Baltar. Oh, guy is Baltar. Baltar, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, well, that's done. No, it's not. Okay. It's not about him. Uh, no echo. A Henny Wilhelms Wilhelmsen novel. Sure. By Anne Holt. Okay. Anne Holt, you she was over at your house for Thanksgiving, right? No. Oh, weird. No. You always you always assume I have authors over i mean thank you it's nice i think that i would but... you ever read ann holt no we are underread. oh my gosh it's a bold statement you, you more so than me that's wait decidedly she's, not true she's norway's number one best-selling crime writer oh look out then boy people love i guess that craze has kind of died down right what the whole like icelandic and norwegian and swedish thrillers coming over here no idea well that hit strong for i mean i think, I think girl on the train not girl sorry uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh. Steve Larson sort of like made that a thing, and then the yeah, like Joe Nesbo and others have yeah. followed. And so have, you're and saying Jesse Adler also. People of certain nations should only write in their nations and not expand. Did <laughs> no. you just come out as a racist? No. Okay. First of all, I think that would just make me like xenophobic. First of all, that's but, true. You're right. Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I just think for a while it was uh. like publishers were like, "Oh, there are two dots above any of the letters in this person's name. Uh. <laughs> if so, then publish it." Okay. Yeah. And I think that's. Are now. you? xenophobic for space aliens a little bit yeah yeah they're probably not gonna be friendly i don't see why they would be yeah no you think they would even do you think they would see us as the way we see like livestock maybe yeah we're not great to livestock though yeah that's why i'm that's what i'm saying oh, okay it'd be bad news all right well we'd be in fairs and stuff hopefully there'd be a few aliens who are like you know what those need to be free-range humans yeah and we'd be getting That'd at least to like walk out in the field and yeah, be like hey like, nick i'm coming over to you they just tag our ears or our ankles yeah. and then we just go and like live our lives normally yeah. we'd be dairy humans yeah so <laughs> uh pushing up daisies and agatha Raisin mystery. Uh, Beaten, right? MC Beaton. MC Beaton. MC Beaton. We're doing an MC Beaton Agatha Raisin uh, mystery for That's the book club. That's such a good DJ name. Beaton, you're yeah. Right. We've yeah. got MC Beaton here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'd be bad at a DJ. Really? Jeff, yeah. I like being redundant. Uh, hey, Ooh. The Family Plot by, I can never, it's Sherry. Sherry Priest. Okay. Uh, she wrote Bone Shaker and some other stuff. And she She's wrote, a bone shaker, heartbreaker. Uh, is this sci-fi? Because normally she writes like, nope, the family plot is a haunted house story for the ages, Ooh. atmospheric, scary, and strange with a Ooh. modern gothic sensibility to keep it fresh and interesting. From Sherry Priest, a modern master of supernatural fiction. What? Really? I must not have read her other stuff. I guess you haven't. She has written, uh, I mean, the bone shaker stuff is a whole, you know, series. Yeah. You don't know. Sure I do. You don't know. Why would I lie? <laughs> she also wrote I Am Princess X. Hmm. I'm not going to tell you anymore. Okay. All right. What else do we got? Anything? Uh, you tell me. Uh, we got a comic book, The Walking Dead, Volume 26, Call to Arms by Robert Kirkman. Yeah, you yeah. don't read this. No, I but think I, like, I'm f- I like Bob Kirkman. You do? Oh, because yeah, of Invincible. Uh, yeah. Super Science Dinosaur. Dog. Science Dog. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I think I'm like three volumes behind The Walking Dead. Better catch up, I guess. Oh, did I? Oh, I did bring it up. Uh, we've got Kids of Appetite by David Arnold. David Arnold is a young adult writer. He wrote this book. It's called Mosquito Land. Huh. That looks fun, right? Well, well, yeah. I just wanted to show it to you so like I, you'd have a point of reference when oh, I said okay. David Arnold. Well, I like the cover. It's a, yeah. it's a girl. The colors are all good. They're like yes. orange and greens. She's sitting on top of a bus writing something in a journal. Yeah. I like it. Have you read this? No, I have not. Are you but going to read it? We got it because it was on um, Goodreads' like top 10 young adult hmm. fictions of... Anyway... 
I was going because I knew I was going to say Kids of Appetite. This is by David Arnold, who wrote Mosquito Land, and you're going to have no idea. So there I'm liking go. this though. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad I could help you out. I'm curious about it. Yeah. Uh, what else do we? So, anyways, we've got Kids of Appetite. We've got A Shadow Bright and Burning. Now, this is book one of the new series Kingdom on Fire by Jessica Clues. Clues. Sure. We've got Daniel Page's book Stealing Snow, which is a retelling of the Snow Queen, which is just part of this avalanche of uh, retellings of all these fairy tales yeah, in the young yeah. adult section. Yeah, that's and I don't even phrase. know. That's a new vampire. It's hard to know what to get yeah. now. I get some stuff and they don't check out. And then I get like this book called Unhooked and it's super popular. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got Three Dark Crowns by Kendra Blake. Hmm. Uh, she's the author of Anna Dressed in Blood, which is the story about a ghost hunter who goes to remove a ghost, but he falls in love with a ghost. Okay. Anna. Who was killed on her wedding night? Anyway, Frost Like Night. This is the Snow Like Ashes series by Sarah Rush. Okay. We, we got the first two books. We got the first two books a little late. I got the first one right as the second one was coming out. But they are very popular right now. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of these. I don't think they so. They say Game of Thrones means Graceling, which just sounds like any fantasy book to me. <laughs> it's like saying Lord of the Rings means Wheel of Time in, you know. <laughs> peanut butter means crunchy peanut butter in. I guess then you just get crunchy peanut butter with a slightly creamy foundation. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah, that sounds all right. Uh, yes, The Snow Like Ashes. This is a popular series right now. I don't know anything about it, but the covers are always cool. So, all right. Now, could you please vamp as I go to the New York Times bestsellers list? Yes. Well, actually, uh, I wanted to take a minute to talk about the Man Booker Prize. So that's a good time. Oh, that's right. Uh, the Man Booker Prize comes <laughs> out every year. It's a silly name. Uh, <laughs> began in 1969. Um, and let me give you a little a little history of the Man Booker Prize. Uh, first, it's awarded to the best original novel written in the English language and published in the UK. An interesting thing about the Man Booker Prize, we've talked in the past about how, because I've said Man Booker Prize a hundred times. You said actually. Man Booker Prize a hundred times, but also just the phrase Man Booker. Yeah. Uh, it's about Richard Grieco's character from 21 Jump Street. It sounds like, like a really cool cat telling another cop, maybe his partner, to yeah. book... That lady, like, yeah. man, Booker! Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Or what about somebody who's always arresting people and be like, he's a real man, Booker. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's always booking men. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here's the interesting thing about this prize. Uh -huh. Okay. We've talked in the past about how things like the, um, I don't know, the Pulitzer Prize, the Newberries, and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. those are awarded, you know, I mean, not that this isn't based on merit, but those, those I don't think are really, part of the thought is not, let's see if we could, like, boost the sales of this. Uh -huh. But that is... One of the one of the goals of the Man Booker Prize, hmm. they they first release a long list of titles, uh -huh. then they narrow it down to a short list of six titles, then ultimately so this a, is like a, a hidden gems winner. award show, and sort of I mean it does it does pull from well known authors as well, but looking over the list, it seems like it's a lot of uh, debuts and stuff that really make it. But part of the goal is to raise the profile of this book so that it's like more widely read and like the man booker prize is one that is thought to have the most effect on hmm. things like sales okay so anyway it's been going since 1969 uh it's let's see um it is has to be in the english language published in the uk those those are two two things about it so recently it was just knocked down to the short list okay how many is so, that uh, the short list goes down to six Six. Six books. <laughs> Six, Six books, books okay. to rule them so all. So let me tell you Sorry. what the current shortlist is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paul Beatty's uh, U.S. author, 
Uh, the book is The Sellout, published mm-hmm. by One World. Okay. Deborah Levy's, uh, uh, she's a UK author, Hot Milk, published by Ooh. Hamish Hamilton. Okay. Hamish. Graham McRae Burnett, another UK author, uh, for his book His Bloody Project, published by Contraband. Uh, Atessa Moshfeg, uh, United States office, uh, sorry, author, uh, published by Jonathan Cape. The book is Eileen. This is the one that's been on my radar the longest. I what? Before Eileen, oh. like the name. Eileen. Okay. It's, uh, it seems like kind of a, a, a twisty sort of, sort of a thriller, which is atypical for this. Uh, David Cezali's All That Man Is. This is a Canadian author, <laughs> uh, published by Jonathan Cape and... Madeline Thane's Do Not Say We Have Nothing. Uh, she's a Canadian author. This is published by Granta Books. So they'll come down to six, and they'll, they'll finally settle on the top. But the, the prize is monetary, for one. Ooh. You get a pretty big prize. Uh, the shortlist gets a prize, and then they're presented with like a, a fancy version of the book nice. as well. So uh, the, the final won't be announced for a while, and we'll cover it when we do. But we wanted to just take a minute to tell you what the shortlist was. So if any of them pique your interest, you can pick one of these up and uh, be ready for when it comes out. So once again, The Sellout by Paul Beatty, Hot Milk by Deborah Levy, mm. His Bloody Project by Graham McRae Burnett, Eileen by Otessa Moshfeg, All That Man Is by David Cezali, and Do Not Say We Have Nothing by Madeline Thane. Do not say... <laughs> to find Sorry. out more about the Man Booker Prize, you can look at their website, themanbookerprize.com, or follow them on Twitter at manbookerprize. Okay. All right, so let's talk New York Times bestseller. All right, number one on the young adult hardcover, I thought I just mentioned, is yeah, A yeah. Torch Against the Night by hmm. Saba Tahir. This is the second book. The first one was called oh. An Ember in the Ashes. Oh, yes. So, okay, yep. I know what you uh, mean. So that's the bestselling young adult book right now. But let's check out uh, adult hardcover fiction. Let's, let's get into for, it. Uh, for this week. Let's tear it up. This week... Which is our week. What All we got? Our week. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Number 10. New this week. Oh, debut at number 10, though. Downfall by J.A. Jantz. Hmm. I'm surprised that it's on there. Ooh. At all. Dig it, J.A. Jantz. No, it's not a dig. I mean, she has loyalists, obviously, yeah. but it's not one that tends to make a big splash. But right. I think it's good for a series this long running that's kind of a... Yeah, I don't know it's kind of a fringe series. Seventeenth so novel. Yeah, All so right. it's a debut on, yeah. on the bestseller list. It's pretty good. Number nine, truly madly guilty by Leanne Moriarty. Hanging in there. Uh, number eight, new this week, a gentleman in Moscow. That's all. Oh, okay. Why did you seem distraught by it? I don't know. I guess I expected more for some reason. I don't know why. Number seven, new this week. Here I Am by Jonathan Safran Foer, mm. the uh, author of Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close, mm-hmm. or is it the other way around? No, that's Extremely it. Extremely Close and Incredibly no. Loud? Wrong. Okay. That's my novel. Oh. Uh, number six, Rushing Waters by Danielle Steele, in which number five, the woman in cabin 10, hears a body thrown overboard. Oh, my. Ruth Ware. Well. And you know... It's really her duty to report yeah. that if she hears it. You know that this travel writer is going to have a great reckoning by Louise Penny. Oh. At number four. Okay. Confusing, so, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, to solve the crime, they'll have to get on The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead yeah. at number three. And they'll find an ally in Razor Girl by Carl Hessen. Wow. And together, they'll find an apprentice in death. 
by J.D. Robb at number one. Oh boy, that was you could not close that. No, door. I couldn't. That was I I'm, couldn't. I couldn't figure out who was going really to be sad. the Apprentice of Death. Yeah. I guess I yeah. couldn't tell if it was the Travel Writer still well, or Razor Girl was now the Apprentice in Death. Better to have tried and failed. Right, yeah, man. That, I had a good run there. I think you did. Yeah, you did. What is that? I went from book six to book one. Yeah, it was confusing, but well, I think it, was it was a story. I created. I turned the New York Times bestseller into a bestseller yeah, itself. You're right. Hats <laughs> off, my man. Hats off. Thank you. Uh, okay. Any Should I those, go get a hat? Do you care about those? I don't. The, I'm surprised. That, I guess not that surprised, but that the JD Robb's hanging in there. I mean, those are so many of those are coming out. Yeah. That's like book sixty in that series. Yeah. And then The like, Apprentice of Death. Also, yeah, she book writes number like one. Fifty other books a week. Yeah. So. I guess Pretty you could say J.A. Jance is no J.D. Robb. Yeah, you could say that. Who's J.D. Robb again? Nora Roberts. Oh well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still, I mean, that's... Yeah. Her and Daniel Steele weird... probably have, like, an unholy I, alliance. I think I've told you about this before, but this is, like, it's kind of a sci-fi... Yeah. Like, it's a police procedural set romance set in the future. Yeah. 60 books. She's like a space cop. <laughs> 60 books. We might try one of these for the book club. I might sneak it into the Page Turner's book club. All right. Think, so. Anyway, well, it's time for historical fiction. Yep. Hit the theme song. I don't Take a look at history, historical fiction. History comes alive at the David A. Howe Library. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember the Wishbone theme, but that would be good. That would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. that makes Did sense. Did Wishbone have a theme, or was it just like music while showing pictures of the dog in clothes? I, I, I know what Wishbone is, but I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. I'm too wishbone. old. Wishbone. Too old. Here's what always confused me. Have okay. I brought this up to you before? No idea. They would tell the stories, and Wishbone would always, the dog, yeah. would always play like a main character. Yeah. But if there was a romance, they wouldn't put a dog in the romance line. So it would be Wishbone having a romance Romancing with like a, human, a lady. human lady. It was always very confusing. <sighs> Wishbone got game. Yeah, it was just, you know, okay. maybe get a dog in there. Put a yeah. bow on it so that we get it. Yeah, a lady so, dog. Yeah. Sure. Like a, uh, I don't know, a collie. Yeah. Well, all that to say, <laughs> we're going to be talking about historical fiction. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, this is History Week in Allegheny County. The library will be hosting a series of exhibits from historical societies around the county, yeah. as well as yeah. the uh, fancy replicas, the Hamilton Bird dueling pistols mm-hmm. that came from J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Uh, we'll so. have the tablet, which has the Ten Dual Commandments upon it. No, you made that up. Really? Yeah. You made oh. That so that's going to be in the <laughs> exhibition room uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can check that out. Uh, we have guest speakers in the auditorium. We have uh, Craig Brack, who's been here many times. Always popular. Yeah. Uh, I loved him on the Brack show. Different Brack. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What, was this the same Brack who was on Space Goes Coast to Coast? No, that's that's same as the Brack show, but different than Craig Brack. Huh. Yeah. Okay. It is confusing. <laughs> so Craig Brack is going to be 7 o'clock in the auditorium Wednesday the 21st. Oh. Tuesday the 22nd. Hey, Craig Brack. Brack a leg. No. No? Jim Pomeroy <laughs> is our guest. And Friday... Uh, the 23rd at 7 o'clock. We have Brendan Heaney, who's going to be doing a portrayal of John L. Sullivan. Famous uh, did you say betrayal? Not betrayal. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, he's betraying Sullivan? Sullivan, don't you No up. way. No, Sullivan would clean his clock. <laughs> you can't. He'd bare knuckle box the crap out of him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That'd be kind of scary, actually. <laughs> did you just try to betray me? <laughs> I shall have none of that. <laughs> Hand me my mustache wax <laughs> and my tight knickers. Uh, so, Eric... <laughs> Did you say tight, tight knickers? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I don't have to apologize for it. Oh, okay. You don't have to. Eric, you should. Um, you're simple. Oh, so let me read you to you. Son of a gun. Let me read to you a definition of historical fiction so that you know 
what we're talking about. And maybe maybe so our listeners will know. All right. Just don't use any of them big words. Okay. Historical fiction is What? <laughs> as movies and novels in which a story is made up but is set in the past and sometimes borrows true characteristics of the time period in which it is set. A novel that makes up a story about a Civil War battle that really happened is an example of historical fiction. Well, well how is this different from alternate fiction? Well, I'm glad that you asked, Eric. <laughs> Because this is set in an era and a time that really happened. But, but, but the individual players are often made up. Sometimes they're an amalgam of several real people. But according to quantum mechanics, no, you're trying couldn't too hard. there be no. an infinite Eric, amount of history? Your head's going to blow up. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You can talk to Harry Turtledove about that. I Who? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, do you count Harry Turtledove's books, uh, like alternate history, in when you talk about historical fiction? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a, alternate fiction is a subgenre of the sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. So, would yeah. You, do you think then you're saying like it's a sci-fi historical fiction? I don't think it is. I don't know. I have. I well, I mean, okay. I have a couple on on my list here. Here's that the thing. I talked about. Yeah. Braveheart. Yeah. Historical fiction. Yeah. Braveheart in Atlantis. Probably not. Okay, so there you go. But I mean, here's an example of one that that I put on the list because of the way. See, it's I put some here too, and I, I was hoping you would say, "Yeah, alternative history." Okay. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, we can take that because, we'll like, I'm I'm counting Jack Finney's time duology time and again and from time to time. These are mm. they were written contemporarily, you know, so it's set in the 70s, but then he goes back to the 1800s, and then mm-hmm. the, the 90% of the story takes place in that time. But the time frame that he's in is so thoroughly researched. I mean, Hmm. Jack Finney researched these so much that he wrote a separate book of histories based on New York in the 1800s. So I guess to answer your question, I don't know. It really depends. I'm sure there are some historical fiction fans who are very upset that we're even having this conversation. I I guess strictly speaking, the answer would be no. You know what, though? I see Outlander on historical fiction lists all the time. But isn't that fantasy? I've never known. Yeah. I think so. But I think... I think technically, if you want to go for really like hard line, then it wouldn't count. Yeah. But I think like practically, mm-hmm. it kind of does. What about Practical Magic, starring Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock? Well, we can talk about that in our Halloween episode. <gasps> Eric's so excited. He's so excited about that. You Halloween. know what? That's my Halloween movie pick, Practical really? Magic. Wow. I haven't seen it in forever. It's wow. probably not good. Probably not. I know the song, uh, This Kiss, isn't it? Okay. This my my kiss, Halloween pick is going to be like kiss. all nine seasons of Charmed. Oh. <laughs> How's that? Just the Shannon Doherty yeah. years? I don't know. Yeah. And the, the Sabrina Teenage Witch made for TV movie, oh, which yeah. led to, to the, the TV show. The TV show. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Hey, speaking of that, are you going to buy that Sabrina the Teenage Witch graphic? Yeah, it looks scary, Halloween? though. It does look scary. I don't think I you're going to like it. I picked it up in Barnes & Noble and it was scary. Yeah, I don't think you're going to dig scary. it. Somebody compared it to Sandman, of all things. <laughs> all right, so where are we going with this? Well, let's talk a little bit. Sure. Do you... What? What is your... Are you interested in historical fiction? Here's the thing yes. I realized okay. while going over some uh, of the stuff I've read. One, if I've read historical fiction, it looks mo- a lot of times like it's horror. Like I've read it for Halloween. Okay. And two, if there's a, like an era or something I want to read about historical-wise, I'm going to read the nonfiction I see. action. So if I wanted to read something about samurai, I prefer like a really good, entertaining nonfiction book on samurai okay. rather than historical fiction. Of course, I love... Seven Samurai, so I don't know what yeah. I'm talking about anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. But when it comes to books, yeah, I would. I guess I prefer just the historical book as opposed to the historical fiction. Interesting. Okay. Well, I didn't include westerns in this list I because did. that's you. You did. Yes. Okay. Well, that's all right. But I, I chose a western that is, I think, historical fiction. Okay. So, like, I would maybe say Philip Meyer's The Sun 
is more historical fiction hmm. than a Western. Okay. Like, it's borderline. But I kind of kept, I, I tried to keep away from Westerns because okay. it's kind of like a subgenre. All right. But, um, well, I I'll just say for the, me, oh, ahead. sorry. No, no. Well, I, I picked, I had read Doc by oh, okay. Mary uh, Doria Russell, sure. which is a Western, but it's about Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday and uh, all those other people. Who are the other, you know, the. Doc Hollywood? No, not Doc Hollywood. J. Fox. Uh, Wyatt Earp. Wyatt. and everything it's about yeah. them and the history of that town yeah. and everything so well, that yeah that's a little bit more so i felt like it it is a, it is western but i felt like it would fit more in the historical western judges they're Dude. gonna allow it they agree thank you yep yeah uh yep. guest judge today uh <laughs> i got nothing <laughs> oh my god i couldn't remember what's his face wow. from maroon five. Oh my gosh that was so scary what, what's the judge i saw from... that look on your face like i don't have this Who's the singer from... Adam Levine. Yes, Adam Levine is here. He's our, he's our guest judge. Sorry, Adam. Okay, wow. That was a poorly conceived and poorly executed bit. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Yeah. A lot of your stuff's real good. Thanks, man. So don't let it get you down. He, he's over there being like, hello. <laughs> that's, that's my best Adam he's Levine. He's high pitch. So yeah. That's good. Uh, I, I would say, to turn my question around on myself, do I like historical fiction? I think I would have probably said no. Yes, that I don't you do. Like, that I don't go and like purposely seek out historical fiction. Okay. But then when I looked at stuff that I've read, they're all a lot of them are also like on my favorites list. Like, yeah. Like Tony Early's uh, Jim Glass books. Yeah, you're disgusting. Jim, Jim the Boy and the Blue Star. I mean, I yeah. love those. Yeah. Those those are among my favorite books. Yeah. Ken Follett's Century Trilogy, yeah. right up there. I mean, these are huge, sweeping, like multi generational family yeah. sagas. Jack Finney, of course. Uh, with his with his time series, so I don't know. Now I don't know. Maybe I do love historical fiction. Maybe. <laughs> do you have a favorite? Oh no. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I've read a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if I go over some, I can see if I let's see. I read The Terror. Now that's historical fiction in so much as it takes place in the past. Okay. About you know ice mappers. Oh uh, yes. But they're also attacked by the abominable snowman, right. which actually turns out to be an ancient monster. Yeah. So there's magic and everything, and yeah. it, but it's you know, it's kind of historical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's probably like really stretching it. Uh, I read Radiant Days by Elizabeth Hand, which is about a a girl who's uh, her first year of school in 1978. But it's also about a teenage poet in 1870. A real um, poet, right? Uh, Arthur Rimbaud. Yeah. Rimbaud. Yeah. yeah. So. There's some historical fiction in that, but I guess it's more sci-fi than with the meeting. Not really. It oh, do they meet? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, but still, I mean, the, the, Titus the gist of it is... by Keith Yocom. Okay. I got this for free on Goodreads. Interesting. Uh, I'm one of only two people to have... Or one of only ten people to have read it. Well, I do declare. Uh, it's on your shelf behind you. I gave you a copy of it. Thank you. It is about uh, World War One, or... No, it's about the Civil War, but there's a uh, serial killer... Ooh, look in one out. of the camps. And this is before people, you know, knew about serial killers. Right. Because it wasn't really until Jack the Ripper yeah. that people were like, this man is a serial killer. Yeah, he popularized it. So, sure did. He, made it, he made it fun. You, you know what? say that. You know what I tried so, so hard, like yeah. so, so hard uh-huh. to read and like was uh, Lemis. Do you count that? That's historical fiction, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, boy. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Victor Hugo. I mean, I, I've read 750 pages of that. <laughs> and I still have that much more to go. And it's just, yeah. I think I think that's, oh boy, I don't upset some people now, but I think that's an example of historical fiction that I don't think works so well, yeah. like in the way that I would think of it in a contemporary yeah. way. Like, 
if you take something like Follett's trilogy, I mean, <gasps> the world yeah. is just happening mm-hmm. as it is. It's not like, all right, we're going to pause the story and I'm going to tell you about what's happening. Right. It's just, it's part of the narrative. It's, it's, it's woven in. Uh-huh. So whereas something like Les Mis, and there's lots of books that do this, mm-hmm. they can't do that. Like yeah. they can't marry the two. Yeah. It has to be, all right, here's the history. I'm going to hit you with this for however many pages and then the story will pick up. Yeah. So I don't enjoy that kind of historical fiction. Mm. But the kind that just uses it as a background is good because then, you know, something set contemporarily, yeah. I don't know, I feel like you have you have an extra layer of things that you can work with yeah. when you're talking about, you know, stuff when, like um, in the past. When Hamilton came out, I remember thinking, like, man, it would be so cool if there was, like, a musical like this, but about, like, the French Revolutionary War. And then <laughs> my wife had to remind me about Lady Miz. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. well, then another one. <laughs> like, because I don't feel... Like, if I listen to the soundtrack of Les Mis, yeah. then I'm educated about the French Revolutionary War, you know? Yeah. But I feel like with something like Hamilton, you're entertained and educated. Yeah. What about uh, 1776? About the... The song? No. Oh. The musical, 1776. You don't know it? No. William Daniels from Boy Meets World is, is in it. Wait, who's, which one's William Daniels? Mr. Feeney. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was his big thing. Is he singing? Anyway. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I know. I, know what you mean. Oh, I almost closed this. Well, here's a couple that I've read recently. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, Colson Whitehead's Underground Railroad. Sure. Which I didn't like. You loved it. But I, it did paint a good picture of, like, the South in that era, so I'll give him that. I don't think you can paint a good picture of the South in that era. <laughs> it painted it uh, somewhat accurate. There we I go. Guess that's, I would that's, say. That's, yeah. Probably not entirely accurate, yeah. but I, I think... I think maybe what it lacked... Well, I don't think they some, had a subway system back then. real specific <laughs> accuracy. I think what he was able to do in Underground Railroad is make you feel what was happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it might not have been everything exactly right, mm-hmm. but it did... I mean, it was kind of grueling because it was just a horrific time. Right. So, you know, I'll give, I'll give him props for that in Underground Railroad. Uh, another a slavery-based story would be The Kitchen House by Kathleen Grissom which we did for the book club. Uh, that was okay, and it was a really good book club book. I see mm-hmm. why it's on all these lists, because we discussed it endlessly. I think the issue with that, and I think there's a tendency to do this um, in this in this genre, uh, the, the villains were just villainous for no reason, mm. and the good people were good for no reason. Oh. There just wasn't enough like depth to it. So can we talk about, I mean, we did talk about this in Disappointing Reads, but we can talk about The Pillars of the Earth, Yes, we can. By Ken Follett, because that was yeah. the same thing. Bad yeah. people are just bad. Yeah. Good people are just good. Yeah, it's really frustrating. So, I mean, The Kitchen House The kitchen house was a pretty good read. Right. Uh, it was split between two people, like a, a prosperous, a woman from kind of a prosperous setting, mm-hmm. and then a slave, and the voices didn't feel different at all, mm-hmm. so that was kind of a weakness. But it's been popular, and actually a sequel just came out, which I haven't read, Glory Over Everything is okay. what that's called. Earlier this year, this was by Kathleen Grissom. Okay. Should we talk about Ken Foley? Because there's one that you hate and one that you like. Sure. Uh, so Pills of the Earth, yeah. which is what Nick and I both read. Yeah. We both hated it. Yeah. I'm the only one who finished it. Yes. And it was horrible. I'm. I can't. I have respect. And it's crazy. For it has a 4.28 it. on Goodreads. It's beloved. Yeah. Has it's... a TV series. Has a board game. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, and there's a sequel. Mm-hmm. Never gonna read it. No. So, uh, and you read, but you did like Fall Giants. Uh, all three, yeah. Uh, the third one is not as good, but the Century Trilogy uh, follows uh, basically a family right. uh, through three generations, through World War One, World War Two, and then the Cold War. The mm-hmm. ones set in the 1960s and the Cold War didn't quite have the same yeah. 
I mean, the stakes just weren't as high. Yeah. You know, uh, they were potentially as high. But You, you know what never. I want in something like that kind of series Tell or me. like Pillars of the Earth? What? I like cause and effect kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So I think I talked about this last time we talked about Pillars of the Earth. But I like the idea of like, all right, if we put a town here or even just like a, if we hold a market here, then this will happen. And we'll ha- but we'll need to get this from the woods and that will affect the fort. I like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, this like if you played a computer game like a simulation game or something and you start seeing like oh i took all the forest there but now i've created this road yeah. and now i trade has increased well now- you definitely you definitely get that in the century trilogy you, you see things set up in in world war one and they sort of like well this will fix this thing and then it's maybe it's okay for 20 or 30 years mm-hmm. and then you know we hit world war Two, and some of those things that were in place you know in europe made things so much worse mm-hmm. you know so you see that, and and because because it spans such a I mean, basically a century, mm-hmm. given the title, um, I mean you really see that start to finish, and you see it on so many different parts of the world and how everything comes together. So okay. that I think is really even the third one, which I didn't like so well, was just intricate intricately woven. And these are long books. I mean, yeah. they're each very very long. Oh boy! And yeah. he 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 was able to take. I mean, you start with a basic family, mm-hmm. and then you. You see all the branches from that. And by the end, I mean, there's pages and pages and pages of characters, but they're just introduced in such a way that, like, you know who they are. I mean, when I, the first book when I started, I did occasionally go back and be like, okay, I remember now. Right. But once you get into it, uh, I thought he did a really good job of layering in new characters, new settings to make it a really fluid uh, and, and fast read, honestly. Okay. Something that long going quick is a pretty good compliment, but... Um... Uh, what was I going to say? I, I was thinking what you talked about, how you can't mix the history with the actual story in those yeah. books. Uh, the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay mm. is about uh, two uh, Jewish immigrants, uh, kids who meet and become comic book artists. Michael, and... Michael Chabon? Is that who wrote that? Yes, Michael Chabon. Okay. Um, and it's about them creating a comic book called The Escapist and all this uh, uh, stuff. And it's supposed to be similar to like... Um, the Superman creators, uh, mm. Joel Siegel and Schuster. Yeah. Siegel and Schuster. Um, but there's, you know, you'll read it and there's chapters where it's like in 1938, the comic mm. book industry did this, 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 and this. And then it gets back to the story. Okay. So it's like, you know, those little, uh, asides, I mm. guess. So it, did that work? Yeah. I mean, I was actually, most of the time I was more interested in the actual comic book history, okay. which shows you why I would yeah. more likely read a history well, on that's... comic books than this. But that's kind of like, I feel like in, in a in a book like not to keep beating up Lame is, but in that book it's not it doesn't quite I mean sometimes he's even like, All right, now we're gonna talk about this for a while. Like he'll mm-hmm. say outright, we're gonna take a break and, and right. talk about, you know, Napoleon or whatever. See, it is nice because I don't think most of the people who read The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay would normally pick up a book about the history of like early nineteen thirties, nineteen forties comic books. So now they were educated well, it, it in the sounds process. Like that author like took care to to highlight those yes. it, rather than being like this is stuff you have to get through for the context to make mm-hmm. sense yeah. you know that's a separate part of the book that right. that can kind of stand on its own so mm-hmm. it, it sounds like when done well like it works right. for you there so you know that's good another re- well i guess there's there's a couple different kinds of historical fiction i right. think there's some like the with century trilogy which really you know uh, uh, the the setting is a character, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you need, 
it's part of it is that you understand the intricacies of like society at that time. And then there's another book that I read recently, Chance Developments by Alexander McCall Smith. Now that's historical fiction, but the the use of history in that book is not, you know, here's exactly what was going on in the world and this is why these things matter. And we're seeing it through the lens of these characters. That book was more like, this is a different time. This is a simpler time. Things mm -hmm. things mean different things because of the time that we're in. So the setting made an important, you know, it was it was an important aspect of the story, but just to kind of, you know, set the scene, not to not to really like teach. Right. So I think there's two different approaches to that, and it just depends on what the author's setting out to do. Okay. You know, because the McCall Smith book wouldn't have worked if it was set in modern time. Right. You know? But because it just had that like vague historical setting, mm -hmm. it made them more charming. Okay. I don't think I've read anything like that. Okay. Uh, let's see. I Ripper. That was the, you know, historical fiction book about mm -hmm. Jack the Ripper um, and his slaughtering. <laughs> um, so that that was good, but you know, that's the setting is very much the, the thing. Yeah. And that. Yeah. I think most of the histor. Yeah. Naked and the Dead. It's about World War. It's about okay. the Second World War. Oh, yeah. So Nobody Could Sleep. Nobody Could Sleep. That's the first one. It came out in 1988. Okay. So, oh, boy. That guy's in a race. I know. What if That's he's being question. chased? What if he's doing the chasing? Uh, another example of one that um, that has has a historical setting, but it isn't super crucial, okay. would be The Light Between Oceans, Sam L. Stedman, which is out in the movies right I now. I get it. Yeah. I mean, that... The, it wouldn't have the events wouldn't have transpired as they did right. in a modern setting. So setting it in the past when like communications, for example, yeah. weren't as easy as they are now, um, you know, was pretty crucial to that story. But right. it, the point of that story is not, let's talk history, you know. Do you think if there was a writer who was just doing like a coming of age story yeah. set in the 80s, that we now have to count that as historical fiction? Hmm. Well, that's a good question because, well, let's, let me give you some of our readers here for a little bit. Okay. Uh, we, we I don't want, no, our listeners. Yes, sorry. <laughs> we posed this question to our listeners. They're readers on their own time. We got a few examples here. So, uh, Facebook user Jennifer says, Forever Amber okay. is amazing. Have you heard of this before? No. Okay. Uh, this, this is not my area of expertise okay. at all, um, historical fiction. And I, real, I, I think I had thought I did slightly better with this until you said, let's talk about it. And I was like, oh no, whatever, right? <laughs> like when you're a kid, it feels like all you're reading is historical fiction, yeah. specifically about like the Holocaust or the Native Americans. Right. But like as you get to an adult and you can't remember those titles, you're like, what, what have I read yeah. this historical fiction? <laughs> but there are some people who all they read is historical fiction. Yeah. I would say here it's one of our more popular. Oh yeah. Well, uh, we have, that's why we have the special stickers for historical yeah. fiction. Yeah. And I, not every other, not every library or section, you know, does that. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. We got um, a Facebook user Kendra says, I don't know if these count. It's not a strong start. Yeah. But The Power of One and Cry the Beloved Country are really great. I had to read them in high school, and they've stuck with me. Boy, whoever her teacher is who made her read those books, it's yeah. a single tear. Right yeah. <laughs> so excited to hear that. I oh, look. I don't know if you've heard of this one, Eric, but Dawn suggests a, a recent World War II novel by Kristen Hanna uh, called The Nightingale. Mm -mm. Is that... You don't know. Yeah, you don't. That's not ringing no. any bells. Okay. Well, oh, Dawn, wait. You know what? That's been on the New York Times bestsellers list for 118 weeks. That's right. 
118 years. I yes, think. that's true. Uh, uh, Facebook user Dawn says she lost a few hours of sleep with it last spring. Oh. So hmm. I suppose that someday I should read Laughing, the Nightingale. drinking coffee with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me time. more about you, Nightingale. Going out in a boat. Cynthia says Sally Gunnings. Hmm, no relation. <laughs> Sally Gunnings 3, starting with The Widow's War, compelling reading Ooh. about women in colonial America. Oh, see, now I'm hoping so it was really like a war about, you know, one side of widows versus another side of oh, widows. The widow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Your side killed our husbands! And yeah. then they, they finish what their husbands started. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a look on uh, Twitter here. Uh, let me just scan through here and select a few. Uh, the Burf <laughs> on Twitter says... Oh, on Twitter. I think this counts. Hillary Mantel's Cromwell trilogy. Can't wait for number three. Cromwell. I don't care if it isn't accurately accurate. <laughs> what, what is the Cromwell tr- trilogy? I don't know. You can look that up while I uh, keep reading. Uh, Thomas Cromwell? Like Wolf Hall? Hillary Mantel. Yep, Wolf Hall, Bring Up Bodies, and uh, whatever the other one, Mirror in the Light. Wolf Hall, that's a BBC movie. Oh, we okay. We have that. Nice. Or PBS. Mm-hmm. I can never remember which is which. Okay. But that's a, yeah, that was a British made-for-TV thing. That's a pretty big one. Wolf Hall checks out a lot here. Oh, yeah. yeah. If PBS did it, it's probably historical fiction. Probably, yeah. So. Uh, here's one. Uh, Trip Existence says... Uh, at all the books show, The Book Thief was an instant favorite. Mm, that's oh. a popular one. And that's like, young adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll like this. Also, I wouldn't even care if you just talked about Hamilton for an hour. See, the thing I... Listen, Trip Existence, <laughs> please don't encourage him. But to be fair, I don't think you can count something as like Hamilton uh, as historical fiction. Because it seems like the only fiction part is like all the rapping and yeah. uh, singing and that stuff. It seems like it's trying to be as historically accurate as possible. That's a tough quote. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough call because there's a, a there's a there's a book out right now called The Hamilton Affair, I believe it's called. Right. And it's you know just about Hamilton's life, but it's a fictionalized right. account. Right. So that we would count as historical fiction. Right. So, see, because there aren't any original characters, is what I'm saying. Mm, yeah. So I'm trying to think, like, what's a movie that is all I don't know? Can't think of any. Like but, Lincoln, you wouldn't count Steven Spielberg's movie Lincoln as historical fiction. Hmm. Yeah, I guess not. I don't think you would. No, well, because I don't the, know, because a lot of those things, I mean, even Lincoln will take take events that happened over the course of a long time, right. make it seem like they happened in a couple of days, or, you know, they'll take several... But the thing is, both Lincoln and the musical Hamilton were based off of nonfiction, non-fiction books. books, yeah. And that's what, so I wonder, like, is there a genre for, like, historical fiction where it's I not think it's, as I, well, much I think fiction? Adaptations, you'd probably yeah, say, I guess. Hmm, historical well, adaptation. I guess so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. One more uh, Twitter thing. Uh, <laughs> Twit- a tweet. <laughs> at Sarah Keeler B says, At all the books show, I loved the Dear America and My Name is America series as a kid. Those are, yeah, those are those? children's series. Okay. Uh, those are still popular. Yeah. They, they uh, every now and then, like, I, I'll confuse one for, like, an American Girls book because they have, like, a similar style and mm. font and everything. But those are really still, we have parents who come in, like, I need, like, a Dear, Dear America uh, story. A lot of them about, you know, just kids in historical times okay. coming over. Uh, I guess in a way you could count the uh, I Survived series. Oh, sure. a lot of them are like, yeah. I survived the Chicago fire. Yeah. I survived Hiroshima. Yeah, that, those would so. count. Uh, she goes on to say, uh, adult favorites include Gone with the Wind and less classic, all of Eva Ibbotson's historical romances. Okay. I think I've only read one Eva Ibbotson and it was not a historical. I have never read Gone with the Wind. I haven't read Gone with the Wind either. I've seen the movie once. Okay. So I used to have a poster of Gone with the Wind. I have uh, not. The movie I poster. Seen it. I haven't seen it or read it. The poster? 
I've seen the poster. Have you read it though? Uh, the poster, yeah, I've read. Yeah, the it's poster. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's got all the stars. The director. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, the defin- we we had a conversation about during lunch if Gone with the Wind counts. Yeah, right. That's that's what made me think of it. Like, I think I, it does. You think it does count? Well, did we ever find out when it was written? No, go ahead and look. Uh, Gone. No, with I think it was written in the thirties. Wind. Uh, let's find out. Well, it was written. This says, oh, this is a repo. Oh, 1936. Yeah, 36. But okay. it takes place but it's about before like, the Civil War. Yeah, Civil War. So, yeah, that definitely counts. And then after. So, yes. Yeah, but the, the question came up because we were, we were some, some of the suggestions we got on Facebook and stuff were not historical novels. They were novels that, like, to us feel historical, yeah. <laughs> but were written contemporary. Yeah. You know, they're, they're set within the time frame in which they're written. All so. right, so I've got three actual uh historical fictions okay and then i want to ask you if you that, count that some you've of read yes okay but then i want to, i have some others i'm like would you count this Ooh, i'm excited huh? all right so i've read the great train robbery by michael Crichton. oh sure so that's historical fiction about yeah. a uh, a train great, robbery great it was pretty robbery. yeah it was great it's actually really good it's mm-hmm. one of my favorites of his oh. but one of my least favorites of his is eaters of the dead which was turned into the movie 13th warrior mm-hmm. and now sometimes you see the book as a 13th warrior yeah. but now it's kind of cool to put it as eaters of the dead again so it's a retelling of uh Beowulf. Hmm. So I don't know if somebody was like, I bet you can't make Beowulf entertaining. He's like, I'll show you. And then he failed. Then he lost yeah. that bet. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's... But he's got a new historical fiction coming out, remember, next year. That's Dragon true. Teeth. The dinosaur... Yeah, Dragon Teeth. About the, the dinosaur yep. wars. Yep. <laughs> anyway. And then I just read Salt to the Sea about Rudis, by Rudis Apetus. Oh, yeah. About the uh, Wilhelm Gustav. Mm-hmm. Gustav. So... So those count. And what, what are we saying doesn't count? All right. So here... Some of these I know won't count. They're, they're oh. probably, uh, well, thanks it's for because they're sci fi. I want to know if you, oh, I, anyway. Uh, would you now count 1984 as historical fiction? I don't think so. Because it takes place in 1984. Yeah, but in like a quasi. Yeah. No. Doesn't that make it historic? So alternate, we'll say now yeah, it's alternate, alternate history at this point. Yeah. Right. It used to be yeah. dystopia. Yeah. Not anymore. I think it would, I mean, we wouldn't read Timeline. It. it would still be dystopia. Would you count Timeline? As historical fiction, because I did well, learn a I little mean, bit about uh, it counts in the same French way history that, while reading that it. Time and again would count. Okay, you know, would you count or Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court for that matter? Sure. Would you count that as historical fiction? Would you count eleven twenty two sixty three? I don't know. I mean, like, I think no. Like I said, I think the answer is no. But I think right. if you're talking, but here's the thing, in something like eleven twenty two sixty three. The sci-fi is very... It's just the cause to get them back Yeah, there. well, it's based on Jack Finney style. Right. Yeah. So, like, how... So, if you took that out, wouldn't most of the story then be historical fiction? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I just don't think you can ignore yeah. the... All right, so that means we can't talk Less Darkness Falls, the book I read about the guy who goes to ancient Rome. We can talk about it. All right. I think, I mean, if you're being strict with the rules, then uh-huh. no. But if we're talking about books with a big historical element, okay. then yeah. Well, then we can't count World War Z. Right. Because, though, I, th- I thought I'd bring it up, because it's written like a hist- It's written so that they're past in- their interviews about people who survived the yeah. war, but it's fiction. Yeah, I anyway, get it. It's crazy. I know. Like I said, I ha- this isn't my area of expertise. Two books I want to read, though, uh, Fall of the Giants, because you swear, despite Pillars of the Earth, Fall of the Giants is good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would recommend it to you. How dare you? But when, When's you know, the, the first one set during 1911? Oh, that's not well, as exciting. I, you know, I thought that, too, but 
It was really good. All right. And then I don't know if you also want to read this. Let's see if it's on your Goodreads to okay. read. <gasps> Doesn't look like it. Uh, Child 44. Okay. What is it? Child 44? There was a movie about this, too. It's by uh, Tom Rob Smith. It was a pretty big one. Stalin's Soviet Union is an official paradise where citizens live free from crime and fear of only one thing, the all-powerful state. Defending the system is... I idealistic security offer leo demdria war hero who believes the iron fist of the law but when a murderer starts to kill at will and leo dares to investigate the state's obedient servant finds himself demoted and exiled now with only his wife at his side leo must fight to uncover shocking truths about a killer in a country where crime doesn't exist hmm. i'm surprised you haven't heard of this sorry i i remember somebody recommended uh was asking about historical fiction i'm pretty sure you recommended this to them hmm. you know i'm talking about child 44 you're hearing, you're hearing all the words I, I say. Yeah, I don't. Huh. It's not ringing any bells to me. I'm sorry. Tom Hardy was in the movie. Sorry, man. I think the movie bombed. I believe you. Okay. How about that? Well, it doesn't matter. Okay. That's, that's all I got for wanting to read and have read. You got any others that you want to mention that you have read? There's one. That you want to read? There's one that I would like to recommend to you. To me? Yes. As a, per- as a friend to a friend? Yes. Because... As a co-host to a co-host? Yes. Because it is... A ghost story. Ooh. But it is set in 1928. What? And it's very, I mean, it's, besides besides this little uh, ghosty element, it's very much historical mm-hmm. fiction. So it's a very quick read. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for the Halloween season. Sure. And it's historical fiction. So okay. to you, I recommend The Winter Ghosts by Scary. Kate Moss, not the actress slash model. Yeah, I wouldn't call her an actress. Yeah, well... <laughs> So, The Winter Ghost by Kate Moss. I read this okay, last Halloween. Right. And it was good. It was just it was just simple and spooky. And now, if I read any of your recommendations quick. for this Halloween, it's a head full of ghosts. Oh, man. <laughs> I couldn't do it. All right. I donated my copy to this library. Though, Did you so really? We, yeah. So, we have hmm. it. So. Uh, oh, shoot. There was something I was going to say. Well, it's lost of the ages now. Okay. No, I was going to say, when do you think... Do you think books that were written contemporary but are now long gone become historical fiction no you don't think that no okay i mean that's how we'd maybe view them but you know i think part of the part of the hallmark of historical fiction is that the author has the ability to like look back okay perspective so if it's a if you're saying something like pride and prejudice just becomes a classic but not historical fiction right hmm right yeah Hmm. that's what i'm saying Interesting. as long as it's written contemporary i mean if it was written set the year it was written okay. you know then yeah no i don't think so all right all right so all right. Uh, remember it's history week so join us for history Stop week saying that it is history week. fireball run is showing up fireball run that's right thanks for bringing yeah. that up fireball run is coming uh sunday dante the 25th hicks to, <laughs> to he wouldn't appreciate our, me calling him that uh, maybe he would some of our historical collections including our piece of the lincoln shawl yeah. and a famous lincoln forgery that we have so they're coming to look at yeah. that but uh, a lot a lot of fun stuff going on i could forge a lincoln thing Join right now book clubs i think we can get that in the museum yeah sure like we just forged a letter like yeah boy it's hard being president during yeah. the civil war yeah i think so uh janice joplin mm-hmm. but i have to go now Perfect. mary todd is making dinner and also a scene i gotta go wait <laughs> Hold, I, I like the bit about Mary Todd making a scene because okay. I think that's very real. Right. The one question I have was, did you say Janis Joplin? I sure did. I think that makes it. It's that's, historical fiction. No, it's anachronistic, though. I don't think it... No, he's writing... 
he knows she's going to exist someday. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like a, he's putting it in a time capsule Seems later. like he'd know he shouldn't go to the theater then, right? Yeah, he, he only has, uh, it's very narrow future oh. sight. So he can't see his own future. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense, I guess. So I guess he could get away if he was seeing somebody else's future, and then that future, somebody was like, oh, and remember when Lincoln was shot in the theater by John Wilkes Booth? He'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good yeah. thing they mentioned this at that time. So it's, it's a Wait, worker, it's a workaround. I'm in the theater right now. It's a workaround at best, yeah. <laughs> so. Then he goes to unlock the door, and then... <laughs> Dark. Yeah, stuff happens. Too soon? Stuff happens, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, next week we're talking banned books. Are so, we? Yeah. I can never remember. We're going to dig into it. Yeah. So next week we're talking band books. So send us mm-hmm. your thoughts. These are books that have uh, joined together to form musical bands. Yeah, uh, gone on the road, yeah. gone on tour, fight a lot, maybe yeah. break up, you want, reform. You, you want to tell them where they can find us? Uh, yes. Okay, but that's not. I usually do that. Shoot. Okay. All right. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Twitter, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, YouTube. Twitter Facebook. is at all the books show. Oh, why Facebook did you make is, me do this? I don't know. You do this to watch me fall library. apart. <laughs> Email us at wellsville at scls.org. Like Remember to rate puzzle. us on iTunes. Remember to share us with your friends. Tell people that we're cool and fun. Yeah. It's just tell them about all the good things we say. Don't tell them about that time I tried to come up with celebrity guests no, don't. for celebrity judges. Yeah, really and I couldn't bad. remember Adam don't Levine. Tell them that part. You know what? I think I was also thinking about the guy who played Kylo Ren. That's Adam Driver. Yes. I was going to get confused. Different. I was trying. Okay. You know how sometimes I get confused? I do, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it for this week. Send us your thoughts on banned books, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.